What's going on, everyone? Welcome to yet another episode of the Shock Factor Podcast, where this week we got a very exciting one. We are joined by a Coastal Carolina Chanticleer. He confirmed that I am saying that right, so I'm very excited to say it. Derek Bender. Derek, how are you doing today? Great. It's been an awesome day so far, you know, showing you around the palace. I'm excited to be on board today. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. Thank you for being a great tour guide. I know being a college baseball player, getting recruited, you probably aren't like, okay, well, how am I going to how am I going to recruit people, show them around, tour them around? But it translated well. You did a great job. I appreciate that. What is your favorite part of this field? There's so many different aspects about this place, but the boardwalk is like, if I were to put myself in like a fan's shoes, like the boardwalk is so cool. Yeah. If I were a fan, well, I am a fan and I will be on the boardwalk at yeah. some point this spring. That's just a must. It's such a cool area. <laughs> Really is. And nowhere else in college baseball has like that set up from my understanding mm -hmm. where it makes as much sense to being near Myrtle Beach and everything. For sure. It, it's just great. Just so, par for the course here. Absolutely. I, I love it. I'm blown away by the facilities here. But I want to get into your story a little bit more. So coming out of high school, you said you always wanted to come to Coastal, yes, right? Sir. Yeah. What was it about Coastal that drew you to having that desire? Man, watching them win a national championship from a conference like the Big South, you know, just being the underdog, being somebody that, you know, everybody like kind of wrote off is like, oh, this team, they'll, they'll win maybe one game in Omaha, right? Like watching that whole, that whole team and what they went through in their journey was just so, so exciting. And just watching that made me really, really fall in love with the program, the school and you know, just this was my dream school and to even get the opportunity to come on a camp here and, you know, get an offer here and then ultimately commit and play baseball here is just, you know, so surreal and just a dream come true. Yeah. Now, so walk us through that getting the offer process, because, of course, anyone can have the desire to go anywhere. But to actually make it happen, how did you go about doing that? Uh, knew the right people. Um, my uncle uh, used to scout for the Braves and his boss knew Coach Schnall here, so that kind of even got me in the door. I uh, came to a lot of camps. I think I was a five or six time camper here. Oh. So that was that was a big, big influence into what, you know, ultimately led the coaching staff to offer me. And, you know, that was really it. I came to camp, played well at a couple tournaments they were at, and you know, they gave me the opportunity to play here and kind of made the most of it so far. Sure. So when was the first camp? you attended at Coastal Carolina? Labor Day camp, my eighth grade year. Okay, all right, Labor wow. Day camp, early I, on. I have a video on my Instagram of me hitting a home run there and Coach Schilling, who we met earlier, mm -hmm. who's our volley, giving me like a fist bump after <laughs> me hitting the home run there. Now, after you hit that home run, what was the feeling like? Were you like, okay, it's going to happen now? I don't know, that was like 13, Yeah, that's fair. 14. It's been a while. I think that's what six years ago. Yeah, that's a long, yeah, that's, that's a while. about. It's a while. It's a while. Pre I didn't know how long the home runs stick with you. You know, you've hit a lot since then, you know, so <laughs> it can become a blur. Oh man, especially here. I mean, you you got a hold of them. <laughs> <laughs> Ball does fly here. I would I will tell you that. So when did they first offer you to? When did you commit? Like, so like my freshman year, right? Like going into my freshman year. Yeah. And so you were just like, no, I always wanted it. Yeah. Like, this is going to happen. 
no, didn't have any other offers, didn't like barely went anywhere else or even like a camp. So what's it like playing high school baseball after you're already like, okay, everybody's trying to get recruited. Everybody's trying to get their name out there. I've already done that. I'm committed to my dream school. Now it's just a matter of working hard. So when I get there, I'm not behind. So what was, what was it like actually doing it? So much fun, relaxing. <laughs> I had this slogan in high school called make baseball fun again. Mm-hmm. I kind of brought it back this summer when I, I was like on it. the Cape. Um, There's an article, one of our guys, Mojo Hill, shout out Mojo. Awesome. What a name. Great. Yeah. Awesome. He's one of our, he was one of our writers. He put an awesome like article for me and like I'm forever in debt. Cause like that, that article was so awesome. But make baseball fun again was my article was like my, my little slogan I had uh, playing on the circuit after I committed. Cause like, you're so wrapped up in this coach, that coach, these looks, these offers, where that kid's mm-hmm. going, right? Like, so just playing for the fun of the game. Yeah. It was so much fun after that. Like, just running dead hard to grab foul balls down the line or, like, hey, you want to see where a 60 time translates? And you just sprint from the first base side <laughs> dugout to left field and back. It's the only time 60 yards straight ever plays. You're honestly not <laughs> wrong. I never even thought about that, but that's probably like the only way you actually fit it in on a practical way. Exactly. But I, I love that you have that mindset because I feel like guys in high school, like they have all this pressure of, oh, am I going to get to play at the next level mm-hmm. to the point where they don't understand like whether I play at the next level or not, I might as well have fun with where I'm at, you know? And that's what I said this summer too because you just hyper fixate on like, oh my God, that's every scout ever. Yeah, and when you do that, when you get <coughs> bless, excuse me, powerful. I was trying to like keep that one from coming. <laughs> no, you're good. I saw you fighting, and I was like, I'll just start talking, see, see how he does. But like that mindset is so powerful. Just like the okay, I'm gonna go out have fun with my friends, and you do that every day, and the days just stack. Yeah. And eventually, you're like, wow, I'm way better. Than I was without even realizing. Mm-hmm. The championship game was such a great example of that. Like in the Cape, we uh, we we lost a game at home. We won the first game on the road. So that set that second game, we were like, "Oh, let's do it here, right?" And everybody was so worried about it, and we played awful. <laughs> so that game, I'm just like, "Man, we got nine innings together. This is the last yeah. game any of us are going to play together. Can we just enjoy our time." Yeah. And like enjoy what we have left together. And look you know what, what I mean? happens. Yeah. It works out pretty well more, yeah. more times than not. It was, it was so much fun. But that hyperfixation and that prioritization oh. of fun is just so important. Mm-hmm. What would you say is the most fun thing to do on a baseball field? Wow. That's a good, that's a yeah. great question. There's a lot of fun options. So I know it's a loaded question. Mm-hmm. There's so many different things. I'm going to go with like, making friends with the other team honestly that is a good one most of the friends i have are from other teams really like i'm really good friends with will taylor from Mm. clemson Mm -hmm. to rival will turner from south alabama stud james tibbs stud from florida state like just guys like that i played against i didn't play with any of them but Mm -hmm. we played against them like just know like that mutual respect and then like the friendship you build, like just playing against each other and just competing, and just like those little downtimes where you're like, "Wow, that guy behind the plate really sucks today, huh?" Right? Like <laughs> stuff like that. So I always, I, I enjoy that part.
part of the game for sure. And I feel like that's such a good fit for you too. Like if you were just staying in right field all game, it's like, okay, how do you make friends with the other team? But being a first baseman, you got to be diplomatic. I yeah. Feel like. Sometimes that and there's, there have been a couple guys, I'm sorry to anybody I did this to last year, where you kind of lull them to sleep mm. and you fake them out. Like Bryce Schaefer on our team has got the nastiest pickoff move ever. And you just kind of fake them out and you get them just like, Sorry, dude. Just walking back to the <laughs> dugout and I'm throwing it around. Getting just like, look, that's part of the game, though. Yeah. They understand. No one's going to be like, oh, man, this guy. Like, they might. But yeah. it's by the time the inning's over, it's like, <laughs> exactly. oh, whatever. Yeah. I never got picked off. I never got on base, but never got picked off. So I don't know the exact feeling <laughs> of it. But I can't imagine it's fun. Yeah. But if I am going to get picked off, I'd like to see a friend like Derek <laughs> applying the tag. You know, someone else having a good time while it's happening. Yeah, it's fun. So your favorite thing is just meeting other players, oh, 100%. talking to other players. Yeah. Who is, if you had to select only one, who's your favorite player you never played with, always played against them? Man, that's a tough one, too. There's a lot of people that are going to really, really like hold on to my answer forever. You don't have to answer them. We, we don't have to do that. No, I, I can. My favorite player... Just like all around, like Joe Yama. Oh, good answer. He, he, like, just some about him, just like he was always like the best dude ever. Like, he'd see me and be like, Oh, what's up, Bender? Dude, <laughs> you rake, man. You rake. And I'm just like, <laughs> Dude, like, I love you, bro. Like, what? Like, no, he, he's like such a ball of energy on the field. So it makes me happy to hear that. Yeah. Like, you want people to be like. I know Aaron Fit is losing his mind after that comment. He loves Joe. Oh yeah, but and they all do. Everybody. Yeah, everybody. Knows. I mean, he's such a like hard guy to like not fall in love with. Sorry to Will and Will and James. Like I love you guys to death, but like you guys aren't Joe. So sorry. That's about fair. It. I mean, Joe Yama. He's a short king. He's fun to watch. He's yeah. a fun guy to be around. I'm and he, but and and throughout it all, like it's never personal. Like he never is like. That guy that you're like, yeah. screw that guy. <laughs> He's like the type of player who just like goes out and plays some of the best fundamental baseball. Yeah. Like, so he's, not, he's not in your face about it. He'll, he'll do it quietly if need yeah. be, and that's totally fine. Yeah. Now, moving from high school to college, going back a little bit here, what was the transition like for you, you know, competing at the high school level compared to competing at the college level? Not even comparable. Like you, I was so unready. Mm -hmm. I was so bad my freshman fall. and Even, like, my whole freshman year, I was just awful. <laughs> All right. Game sped up. Uh, I failed a lot. I drowned. Like, threw me in the water, tried to swim. I drowned. That's totally fine. Yeah. Everybody needs that experience. 100%. At, at some point, baseball-wise. Mm -hmm. What would you say got you through that time, though? Man, getting into the summer, playing for my manager, James Beerline, for the Tri-City Chili Peppers. Uh <laughs> He really helped me. Yeah, what a name, right? Yeah. Phenomenal, man. Yeah. Really helped me get through, like, kind of that, like, lull of the game, kind of, like, made me fall in love with the game again, really come to terms with, like, who I was, like, as a ball player. And after that, just really taking hold of, like, self-awareness stuff, self-confidence stuff, who I was off the field to really, really help the guy on the field. Sure, and I feel like when you do that and you get that introspective, yeah. like off the field, then when you get on the field, you don't have to do it. You just no. go out and play. Exactly. Yeah. So it's kind of that going out with the clear head sort of thing, mm -hmm. just remembering to have fun with the game of baseball. 
I, I love to hear that because you are just saying everything I believe right now. So you are nailing it right. um, podcast interview-wise. Just by the way, <laughs> got to interject. Uh, but moving along, you have your freshman year and then your sophomore year is where you really start like, this guy is playing like he's figured it out. So was it just that playing loose that really kind of yeah. got you there? Playing, playing unapologetically my game. Like, I, I wore this shirt today, and it says, why would I care what you think? I don't want to be anything like you. That's fair. And that's kind of was the whole, like, like mantra of, like, this thing is, like, I am who I am. Mm-hmm. I know what I do well, and I'm going to do that. Whether it's your strength or your weakness or my strength or my weakness, I'm aware of that. And I'm going to use that to my advantage, and that's who I was. That's perfect. Yeah. That- and I remember, I re- so before the interview, I read the Mojo Hill article. Great article. But my favorite quote was, I know what I do good. What is it that you do good? What Baseball-wise and then off the field, what else are you, are you good at? Um, I would say I hit off-speed really well. Okay. Like, te- really technical. I punish off-speed. <laughs> um, but off the field, I think, like, just really good at just – doing how would i say it like i would say doing whatever i want but just like being like just very carefree i love it like you're good at not not giving too much of a crap right and about things you don't need to give a crap about exactly like paying my rent on time probably need to give a crap about that Mm -hmm. like what like what people think about me like for the most part like doesn't really like yeah can't really control it yeah right like i'm gonna live my life how i live you know whether people that. like it or not, it's not really up to me. I can't really control how they feel. Yeah, no. And why would you? You right. know, it's like you don't mm-hmm. have superpowers. You don't need to do that. Right. Like they feel how they feel. Exactly. And I feel like that's such a great message for baseball players out there because, I mean, you spend too much time thinking about like, oh, according to unwritten rules, I can't do this or I can't do that. As soon as you start thinking about what you can't do, mm-hmm. the list just goes on and yeah. on of what you can't do. It just gets worse and worse and worse. Right. I would say this, though, uh, my manager this summer, Scott Landers, who I will forever respect, like he's one of the best guys that I've seen manage a team in a playoff series and like in a pressure situation. He's one of the best I've ever seen do it, which was incredible to see. And he taught me a very valuable lesson because as much as I want to sit here and preach this, like, I don't care what others think. Right. Like Mm -hmm. that was who I was this past spring. But he taught me this really important lesson of you know intention versus perception mm-hmm. in a team atmosphere and especially a successful team atmosphere you know intentions are great but perception is even more important mm-hmm. so like understanding like how stuff is perceived because like not everybody can see your intention sure people see your perception right that, okay. that is yeah, what that perception sense. is to a definition right like understanding that and being more aware of that has even made me more, like more aware of that stuff. And that to me is more important because like my intentions could be in the right spot, but the perception of it means way more to the team. And I think for me, like my ultimate goal is to win baseball games, right? Mm-hmm. Like I like could give two shits about my, my personal successes. If we don't, you know, we don't do what we do. Exactly. Right? We don't yeah. win baseball games. Like, I watched another team dog pile on my field, right? Like throw all the records, throw all the all the accolades out the window. Like we won a championship. I I could care less about everything else. Exactly, and that's like 
I feel like for a college team to be successful, as long as you have everybody on the same page, uh-huh. the success will come so much easier. And it's so hard, though. That is mm-hmm. the hardest job ever. <laughs> How would you say you distinguish between the two? Like, what changed for you after having that lesson taught to you? I wouldn't even say, like, a lot or what? Changed. Just the awareness? Just, just, just the it. awareness and just, like, what, like, like, taking a step back and be like, all right, how can I perceive to my teammates that I'm one of us? Instead of just being like, oh, here's everybody and here's Derek. Mm-hmm. It's like, how can I do this? Or even just lead in a way where, like, we're all going to the same thing. We're all going to do the same thing. Sure. Just I might be a little in front or a little just a little strayed, right? Mm-hmm. Because, like, at the end of the day, like, you get to pro ball or you play in that environment where everybody's talented, everybody belongs mm-hmm. there. Not everybody's going to be this. You're going to have like this big circle and people are going to be in different spots. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's like, how do you, it's like whoever has the tightest circle in a sense is going to have the best team. Yeah. Right. And it makes sense just because people are aligned. Everybody's working towards the same goal. And there's no question of like, Oh, why'd you do this? It's because like the answer is always to help the team win. I want to win a championship. And now you don't have to ask, Oh, why'd you do that? It's just operating under the understanding. Right. All right. We're going to win because this happened. Now, in college, you've had success. You've played all over the world. You played for the Chili Peppers. You played up in the Cape for the Braves. You played as a Chanticleer. What has been your favorite ever baseball memory? I'd say, like, you know, winning a championship in the Cape was really, really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, My first home run collegially was really cool. My first hit collegially, but... Breaking the home run record in a like winner, not a winner take all game, but in a you know do or die game for mm-hmm. us was pretty pretty surreal. It yeah, was awesome. I I've never done that, but I feel like it was probably a sick moment. Um, <laughs> I I can't even imagine like trying to process that having that success at this level. Yeah, like if you watch the video back, like I hop around like an idiot. That, you should. That's as you should. That's that's why. <laughs> Every emotion you could ever imagine in one moment. Yeah. there like i can't control what's about to happen i mean like <laughs> exactly. i just did the thing i've always dreamed of doing yeah you know? that's so cool that's so great but playing having that success to where you are now how much do you think has changed since your freshman year and what would you say the biggest change has been from Derek bender freshman year to Derek bender third year junior just how how more how much more comfortable I am with myself. Mm-hmm. Like at the end of the day, like it's you and the man in the mirror mm-hmm. and the most successful people in this life. And I don't mean successful as like they make the most money or they sell the most cars or they have mm-hmm. the most hits and ever. It's just the people who, cause my definition of success is like living life with no regret. Mm-hmm. The people that are the most successful and live the happiest lives in that, in that perspective is the people that are the most comfortable with themselves. And I think right now I am the most comfortable I've ever been in life. And that doesn't mean I don't want to get more comfortable because I, of course, like you learn stuff out about yourself every day. Mm-hmm. And for me, that is the biggest difference from myself freshman year and myself now is I'm so much more comfortable with myself to where I'm so much more aware of what I need and what I want. And I'm able to communicate that. I'm able to, you know, show that I'm able to do that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, just looking at the development, did you ever, as a freshman, go, hey, my junior year, 
I'm going to be named the 29th overall top 100 prospect <laughs> for the 2024 draft by Division One baseball. No. Did you ever think that? No. I didn't think professional baseball was a thing. I didn't even think college baseball was a thing. I thought I was going to get cut by Herbert. Really? Yeah. And then I you, just, <laughs> you just were like, hey, I'm going to be charismatic, make sure everybody likes me. I, I honestly, no, I was in a hole my freshman year. Like, I, like, I lived at home. Like, I was very, like, like taken. I, I was just like, I need to get out of here. Like, I, I don't have any business being here. But, you know, like I said, you know, my manager, my summer, my summer ball team, like, really, really, really helped me fall in love with the game again. And just fall in love with myself. Like, just be okay with myself, mm -hmm. which was awesome. Well, it seems to work. You're a pretty okay guy to be okay with because it seems <laughs> to have worked out pretty well. I appreciate that. Now, looking forward to this 2024 season, who are some guys on the Chanticleer roster that we need to know about? I know there's a ton of them. You yeah. don't have to do the Miss America thing where you name them all. I promise no one will Are you sure I you. can't name all 40? Oh, I know you can. I know <laughs> you can if you want. I'm just giving you the warning because people get asked this question. They're like, Okay, I'm gonna say Johnny, Jimmy, James, no. everybody. I'll give you, I'll give you a starter. I'll give you a reliever. Wow. And I'll give you a position player. I love that. Okay, that's perfect. Cool. Trevor Hinkle, roommate. Shout out him. He's a he's a step cat dad with me. Okay. Shout out Luna. We own a cat together. She's the most daredevilish cat ever, but she's the joy of our life. So. <laughs> Uh, Trevor Hinkle, important. right? Exactly. It's actually a three-way parenting. Wow. Yeah. Co-co-parenting. Co-co-co-co-parenting. Correct. <laughs> so, Trevor is a grad transfer from Cal State Fullerton, originally from Pepperdine. Before that, he's somebody that is going to lock down probably one of our weekend rotation arms, okay. and he's somebody that is nails. Okay. Nails. I'm excited for that. Yeah. You're gonna really appreciate this guy. Parker Castle. Parker Castle. That's my reliever. He Funny. is, if you haven't seen him, you need to do yourself a favor and watch. He is 78 to 81. Yes. He is a knuckle scraper. Love he that. throws from literally underhand. Coastal's always got at least always one, got. and I love that about Coastal. Grad transfer from Erskine. Okay. Yeah. The fleet. The fleet. Exactly. You love to see it. Love that. That's right? a gritty guy right that, there. You're going to love that guy. Great mustache on him, too. His nickname's Spidey. Love all of that. So, yes. All these things check my boxes. Right. And uh, the last guy that I'll give you, um, my position player, Corey Zientek. We saw him on our mm -hmm. tour earlier. Fastest man alive. Uh, big, Speed's fun. Big sketch guy. Madden player. If you haven't done, done yourself the – you know, favor of watching sketch on play Madden. You need I'll check to do them it. out. Yeah. Uh, Corey Zientek is my, is my player. Those are all good answers. I will make a note of that and <laughs> I will follow them exclusively. Yes. I will pay extreme attention to them. Now, learning more about yourself in my research, of course, in high school, you played four different instruments. Is yes. that correct? Yeah. What, uh, what four instruments were they? I played trumpet, baritone, tuba, and trombone. Okay, which were you best at? Baritone. Well, what? baritone and trumpet, but I liked baritone the best. Okay, so baritone was the best one. What was your favorite song to play? It's so funny you say this. It's part of my pregame playlist. It's a classical song. It's called Second Sweet and F by Gustav Holtz. It's a four-part song, and for some weird reason, he loved baritone solos, and I practiced this thing for months, months, 
we had a we had a we had a uh, playoff game for baseball, and this was like my freshman year of high school where I wasn't playing on the varsity team, so I thought I was going to go to college for band. I swear to God. Okay. And I was like, "Can I play my solo?" And they're like, "No." So they, I worked countless hours. I never got to play it. That was the last year I ever played band because I got offered and committed that summer for baseball. So we never, the world never got to experience that solo. No. Do you still know it? That's a, that's a great question. I listen to it and I sight read the music all the time. I have not played an instrument since that day. Hung up, hung up the trumpet and baritone. Uh, hung everything up the mouthpiece for good. For good. I in another life, like I'll have a studio in my house where I'll be able to play or like join like a little community band. I'm such a music nerd, dude. Like you have no idea. But yeah, uh, baritone, second sweet and F. Uh, if if you really want to take yourself through that journey, you listen to that and just picture me with headphone like beats, like big studio beats on, big eye black that I wear during the season in my locker, listening to that pregame. That's what I do. That's my pregame. See, that's kind of psycho stuff, though. That's why it works. Like I feel like, you know, you see, you go into a locker room. There's 20 guys listening to rap, hard rock. And there's one corner in the one guy in the corner listening to like Bach and yeah. some guy named Gustav. Yeah. You kidding me? I don't want to face that guy. <laughs> I don't want to face that guy at all. Yeah. It's fun. <laughs> it, it does get a little weird though. And just like, yo, what are you listening to? And I throw that and they're like, like, uh, soldier boy. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> now with the holiday season rapidly approaching, do you like watching Christmas movies? Love Christmas movies. What are your favorite Christmas movies? Can I give a top three? Yeah, absolutely. How the Grinch Stole Christmas. In no particular order. Okay. How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Um, Elf. Mm. And I'm gonna give a real I'm gonna give a new one. The Holdovers. It's in theaters now. It is not it's brand new and it's it is technically a Christmas movie. It is incredible. Okay. Incredible. I'm gonna have to go check that out. It's I, it's in theaters. I'd go watch it. It's I haven't the been stumped on Christmas movies yet until now. So it's brand new, and it's – I don't know if it's technically a Christmas movie, but it's about, like, time during Christmas. So okay, was, that works for me. Like, if Die Hard's a Christmas movie, yeah. this is a Christmas yeah, movie. Yeah, no, that right. works for me. Yeah. Do you have a favorite, like, holiday tradition or anything like that? Um, I don't think, like, I do really anything around the holidays. Except, That's like, fair. I love working out, like, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. Like, yeah. I love, like, those days that nobody's supposed to do anything. Like, I love doing stuff because it makes me feel like I'm just getting better than everybody else. Yeah, it's like the you when you're doing it, you're like, if they were filming a training montage right now, this would be sick. <laughs> like a Rocky montage, right? Like, exactly. I remember working out the eve of Thanksgiving one year, and I was like, this is so sick. Yeah, but Blackout like, Wednesday or whatever it's called. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did tire flips, and I was like, I probably looked so stupid, like an idiot loser. But that's okay, because yeah. in my head, that doesn't matter. In the back of your head, Eye of the Tigers. Yeah, it's like, exactly. oh my God, what is Rocky Balboa doing in Stephen Shock's body? You know? Exactly. It's those days where, you know, you aren't supposed to be doing it. Right. So exactly. what does your off-season workout routine look like? What do you do? Wake up, piss excellence. <laughs> <laughs> um, I believe it. No, no, no. Wake up, you know, breakfast, go to the facility, you know, roll out, mobility, hit, lift, then the rest of the day is kind of really up for life, you know, whatever the wind really wants to take me, whether it's a movie, could be light shows, love Christmas lights, oh. you know, could be could be a hockey game, could be an NBA game, could be 
sit in my bed and watch house all day could oh, be binge call. watching the sopranos i don't there's so many different things that life could call for me that day <laughs> you know i don't you know it all depends but most of the time that morning is baseball and working out yeah and i feel like that's a great balance for it of like okay got everything taken care of in the morning exactly. it's like your friends who have jobs now that are grown-ups they do their work uh-huh. and they go and live their life uh-huh. afterwards so you get to work in now you're just chilling for the rest of the day exactly for whatever it calls for you well derek thank you so much of course for thank time. you for having i really me appreciate it, it was i awesome. can't thank you enough for showing us around <laughs> of course everything.